0: My friends, I'm so excited about today's episode. Today we're talking about how to break free from crippling insecurity and find your godly confidence. This episode's gonna look a little bit different because today I'm the one in the hot seat. A few months ago, my dear friend Ainsley had me as a guest on her show. It's called The Wild Confidence Podcast, and it's awesome, by the way. Go check it out. And I loved our conversation. I loved the stories that I got to share with her. And so I asked Ainsley if I could go ahead and share the episode here with you guys. And she was so kind and gracious to say yes. So that's the conversation that you're going to hear today. So I don't know how much I've shared about this on Girls' Night, but for years and years and years and years and years, I struggled with absolutely crippling insecurity It was this deep, dark hole I just could not seem to get out of. Well, in this episode, I'm gonna share what changed and how God slowly but surely pulled me out of that hole and helped me finally feel good enough, loved, and truly beautiful in my own skin. Friends, if you find yourself in that hole of insecurity right now, this episode is for you. I am so honored to get to share this part of my story with you. But before we dive in, I have a big announcement, some super exciting news for you guys. Registration for my online course, Love Your Single Life, officially opened up again today. That's right. You can go and register on loveyoursinglelife.com right now. But I do want to say registration is only open for a few days. So if you know you want to sign up, make sure to do it soon. Guys, I love this course. Um, It's really, teaching it is one of my very favorite parts of my job. And it's because God has been doing the most incredible things in women's lives through it. I got a DM recently from one of our amazing alumni, a woman named Jenny, and Jenny gave me permission to share her story. I'm so glad she did, so I'm gonna uh, read to you what she sent me. She said, hi, Stephanie, congratulations on your precious little girls. So sweet. This is overdue, but I wanted to share with you how Love Your Single Life impacted my life. It started on New Year's Eve 2018 when my sister shared that she had taken the course and that it was the highlight of her year because it made her live more fully, step out of her comfort zone, and try online dating. At the time, she had just started talking to a guy, and now they're getting married in March. I was so inspired by my little sister's example that I decided to sign up for the March 2019 Love Your Single Life course, and I have to say it totally changed my perspective. It made me a better person, and it helped me be open to people I wouldn't have normally sought out. I met an amazing guy that September, and he proposed in March. We were married this past September, and now we have a baby due in June. I credit all these blessings to God in your course. Thank you so much. I can't even tell you guys what I feel when I read those words and when I hear the stories from our alumni. Truly, God has used this course in the most amazing ways, and I'm just over here in the corner cheering Him on and tearing up the whole time as He dies. If this is the first time that you are hearing about Love Your Single Life, it's the only digital course and study for Christian women that teaches a step-by-step plan to help you savor, enjoy, and truly make the most of your single life, all the while setting yourself up for amazing relationships and marriage in the future. Here are just a few of the things we talk about in this four week course. We talk about how to start really enjoying your single life and making the most of every moment. I'll teach you a powerful tool for building confidence, which also happens to be your dating secret sauce. We'll talk about how to find good quality men to date, even when it feels like you've run out of options. We'll talk about how to invest in your friendships, your relationship with God, your calling, and your passions and in yourself. We'll talk about what to do with your sex drive while you're single, because it doesn't wait to show up until we're married, right? We'll talk about how to stay close to your girlfriends even when you're in different stages of life and so much more. Registration only opens up twice a year and so make sure to go and sign up today. You can find out all about the course at loveyoursinglelife.com. That link will also be in our show notes. And the other thing I wanted to say is I know that some of you guys may be listening to this after the registration window has closed uh, and that's totally fine. Head to the website anyway. Go ahead and put your name on the waiting list and you'll be the very first to know next time the course opens back up. I cannot wait to share this with you. Okay, now with all of that said, let's jump into my
1: conversation with Ainsley. Y'all are in for a treat today as we welcome Stephanie Mae Wilson to the podcast today. Stephanie, I'm so excited to hang out with you today. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. I love you and I love your podcast and I'm just, it's just a real, it's an honor, honor and a treat to get to be with you today, friends.
1: I don't know that I would have started one had you not trailblazed. You walk so I could run and ask you all the questions along the way.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Cause like I don't know. There are so many women that I can point to where I'm like, I'm so glad that they figured out a thing or two, or even just figured out enough to be like, yeah, it's not going to be perfect at first, but just give it a try,
1: you know? Totally. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, for the amazing listeners, if y'all don't know who Stephanie May Wilson is, oh my gosh, you are you you have to immediately. She's an author, podcaster, national speaker, and the go-to guide for 20 and 30-something women as they navigate their most important relationships. Stephanie's writing has literally been featured on NBC, the anthropology blog, Hello, and Relevant Magazine. And I could go on, honestly, forever, for days about her impressive resume. But to me, she is my friend who has encouraged me across the frothy monkey coffee table many, many times. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I'm most excited about for you, Stephanie, is that you're... Giving us the gift of your new book, The Between Places. We I want to talk about it immediately. Can you tell us a little bit more about it and where we can get it and all the things? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So
0: I feel like it's like picking a favorite child. Like I don't think you can. But but like this really might be my favorite thing I've ever made. Just because it it was born out of so much struggle in my own life. And also like it's just the thing that I've needed. It's a resource I've needed in every, every between place in my life, every hard season. Mm. Um, so it was like born. Like I, I feel like I learned this lesson about how to trust God over and over and over again through all these hard seasons. And, but I'm still going through hard seasons. And so I still need this reminder over and over and over again. So anyway, it's a hundred days to trusting God when you don't know what's next. And I wrote most of it as my husband and I were going through a long season of infertility and, mm-hmm. um, specifically I wrote most, like the majority of it as we were going through IVF, which is in vitro fertilization for those of you guys who don't know. And I was like, right smack dab in the middle of it. Like as I was writing the book, I sa- I did a whole like writer's weekend. So I just spent so much time, like pouring out any thoughts that were in my head for this book. And when I did that, I was six weeks from finding out if we were going to be pregnant or if we had to start like completely over. journey. And, um, it was cool because, you know, in the book I share all the things that like God and I've kind of figured out together or that he's like helped me figure out when it comes to trusting him. Um, and so I got to like write down all of the things that were just so helpful to me in that moment. And also that have been helpful to me for years. And also I got to write down so many different stories of like different, like other between places I've been in And how God has shown up in them, and it was just such a uh, really—I mean, it was just such a helpful thing to to as I'm sitting there going, "I have no control over this situation. I'm very much invested in the outcome. I'm very scared. I'm very sad. I'm very like, I I just am praying so hard that this happens, but to remember that like this is where God has been in the past. Every other time that I've gone through something where I felt like this was just really helpful, and so. I'm so excited, especially in this season of life. Like we are all, I feel like the entire world is in a giant between place right now, having no idea like what comes next for us. And then we're all in our own unique between places as well. That like stacks on top of that, making this a really hard time. And so, I mean, my prayer is just that this book helps anyone else as much as it's helped me. Um, just bring people closer to the Lord and like. Trust, like really trusting
1: him, that that he has he, that he has us, that he that he's yeah. taking care of us. Yeah, I mean, I, I truly feel like this is prophetic. Like this book was prophetic in it in its origin, in that you have experienced this. I mean, and everyone has in, in a, a between place, but you experienced it in such a heavy way where. This timing is perfect for so many other people, and that's so God to just have us um, go through something to pour out to others and to give for Him to give to us in such a way that's for us to to then give back um, to other people who may be experiencing similar emotions or seasons or feelings. And I'm I'm just so excited! I'm so excited for you and for for everyone else to just get their hands on this. Where is it available? So it's available in my shop. And
0: um, the URL for that is smawilsonshop.com. Beautiful. Yeah. I, gosh, I would love to share with you guys. It is so crazy. When I was writing it, like uh, the pandemic wasn't a thing yet. <laughs> like no one had gone into quarantine. It, we, no one was on lockdown. Like life, for the most part, seemed pretty normal. normal. Um, and I just never, like, I I mean, none of us could have ever seen coming what was about to come. And uh, yeah, right. it's like, so God to have this thing done like right in the time when we
1: need it. So Truly. I'm just, he's amazing. Truly. I mean, it blows my mind. And I mean, Steph, the work that you do is, is so important and I'm just so thankful for everything that you do. And I know, you know, as, as we've done life together for many years, uh, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, six, I, something, something like that. Yeah. I think so. I think about 6, which yeah. is well, no, even longer. Even longer because Justin and I have been together 6 years, and I knew you before him. Oh my gosh, that's so so even bad. longer. Yeah. But and, and so in that time, like I know it took a lot for you to arrive at this place where you can pour out so much and and while you've and just like show us more about the Lord and and what he's done in so many different seasons of your life. So can you share and you can pick any point in your story but because i know that i've read everything you've ever done and loved every second of it but can you share a little bit more about your story and how you found your confidence to be able to push through in the in between places and uh, just what the lord has has really done in your life and i'm i'm backing up all the way in my mind to lipstick gospel because that is literally one of my favorite books ever so oh. Can you kind of just tell us about how you even found your confidence?
0: Yeah. Well, it it to me, it feels like confidence came in like two distinct acts in my life. Like if we're okay. if we're looking at it it's sort of like a play. So mm-hmm. growing up, I went to church occasionally. Uh, it wasn't really a big part of my life. I was just kind of like chugging along, trying to do the best I could, trying to be the best person I could be and trying to, you know, achieve as much as I could achieve. And, you know, my, my definition of success and the confidence that I was striving for in different seasons looked different in different seasons. Like the confidence you're trying to kind of grasp as a middle schooler is very different than the confidence you're looking for in college. But I mean, make no mistake, I was searching for confidence and searching for something to make me feel good enough for Mm. my whole life. And it wasn't until um, I was in college and I'd been doing the best I could, like trying to put my life together in a way that I was satisfied with trying to, yeah, like find something to make me feel whole. I was doing the best I could, but like halfway through, halfway through college, most of my important relationships completely fell apart. And, you know, I was having, I was in a really rough friendship season, like just didn't have a whole lot of people in my corner who I felt like loved me no matter what. Um it felt mm-hmm. like I was in some pretty conditional friendships. The I was dating this really great guy that I was totally sure was my person and we broke up. I didn't have a relationship with God at all at that point and so that relationship was like not existent. Um and I've never I've always been I've always struggled with insecurity. It's like kind of been my Achilles heel for most of my life leading, I mean, leading up to this point. But I was like, to say I was my worst, my own worst critic is putting it like really lightly. Like I was Mm. awful to myself. And so I'm, I'm in this like period of life where it feels like everything that was sort of holding me up had crumbled and I had to figure out what to do next, and. What I did do was I left the country, which I highly recommend. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was it was perfect timing because um, I happened to be going to study abroad, and I was going to Sevilla in Spain, which is my favorite place in the world. And there were a couple of really cool things that happened while I was there. One was that I happened to be there with one of my one of my best friends from from like growing up. Like we'd been kind of a constant in each other's life for years and years and years. Um, we got. Infinitely closer on this trip, and to this day, she is my best friend. And then her best friend, who I didn't know, like her other best friend, who I didn't know very well, and they both happen to be Christians, and they also both happen to be really good friends, like just the kind of people who love you no matter what, and who are fun and funny and make you feel like you are enough in your own skin. Like it just—they were the safest friendships I'd ever experienced, and I got to live in this like little happy bubble with them for four months. (laughs) also while I was there, you know, I'm, I'm doing a ton of soul searching because my heart is just broken. And, you know, I think that sometimes it takes everything falling apart in our lives before things can start to get put back together. And that's really how it was for me. So I'm searching and I'm like trying to figure out what, like, what will make me happy? What will make me feel confident? What will make me feel like a whole complete person? What will stop this like perpetual ache that this broken heart had left in me. And I was looking at all kinds of different things, like just exploring anything I could find. And we happened to go to Rome for spring break while we were, while we were studying abroad. And this one day, you know, we, we were going to the Vatican because we were, we're good tourists. Like, you know, we we have a lot of fun, but at the same time, we're like, okay, what do I need to see here? So we're like, we need to go see the Vatican. We need to go see the Sistine Chapel. And so that day we went into the Vatican, we went into the Sistine Chapel and I'm looking around and I mean, it's gorgeous. Like the ceiling is incredible. And um, I mean, it's just everything that you think it's gonna be. And our tour guide was like kind of making the motion that we're like, we're time to wrap it up. It's time to get out of here. And right at that moment, I turned around and saw the fresco at the back of the Sistine Chapel. It's the Last Judgment. Mm -hmm. And that's like... That's not my favorite painting. It's not my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my favorite painting. Um, It's kind of a scary scene, actually, but something happened in that moment. And I, like, instead of locking eyes with the fresco, somehow I feel like I locked eyes with Jesus. And something happened in my heart in that moment. And, like, it, I was so cynical at the time. And I was, like, questioning everything. And, like, I was kind of judgmental, like, especially of, you know, my Christian friends. Like, how do you, like you guys really believe this stuff you know i mean i just i was really really hard hearted but i something happened like i just i locked eyes with jesus in that painting and my heart jumped and it was like seeing an old friend that you haven't seen in forever that you're dying to run and throw your arms around them and wow. i just like in that moment all of my cynicism and all my doubts and all my like i don't know questions kind of just got quiet and i found my heart thing like I want to know you, Jesus. I want you to know, me. like, I want to be your friend. So I, I just did the only thing that made sense to me. And I said, okay, like, I'm in. Like, I don't know what this Christianity thing is really all about, but I'm in for it. I want to know you and I want you to know me and, and I, want, I want us to be friends. And so I became a Christian that day in the Sistine Chapel.
1: Which is that wild. nuts. wild. <laughs> That is wild. So in the world, I was in. I was actually in the Sistine Chapel last year. Yes. And when I tell you, I looked around and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I am in the lipstick gospel." Like, Uh, (laughs) I actually thought of you because I was like, I may have texted you. I can't remember, but you did. I loved it so much. I think I did because I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like this is like a scene from. It was very. Like I got such eat, pray, love vibes whenever I, was, yes. <laughs> version. whenever I was reading it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like what it feels like. It was so cool. So what did your friends say or do or think? They were, I mean,
0: I, I always ask them that. I'm like, what did you guys think when we like walked out of the Sistine Chapel? And I mean, they'd been kind of trying to talk to me about Jesus, mostly because like, I was like a drowning person and like, they're trying to like <laughs> throw me a life raft. Like, Hey Steph, we promise this can help you. Like, come on. Just try, it. Uh, yeah, just try it. They'd been trying to, you know, talk to me for a while. And I just, you know, was like, so again, so hard hearted. And so I like, I think they were surprised. They were happy. I think, I don't think that any of us could have known like how true of a transformation that was. Like it wow. wasn't, it wasn't just something that like, I mean, my whole life changed my whole life. Everything about like everything about my life changed after that, and it wasn't exactly instantaneous, but it was within like the next six months or so that I just like dove deeper and deeper and deeper into my relationship with Jesus, asked more questions, got to know him better, started listening to sermons, um, and like finding out what he says and what God says and what this whole thing is all about. And I mean, my heart just totally did a one eighty in in the following like six months or so. And so I think that that was a really, I mean, it's the biggest transformation I've ever gone through. It's the best thing that's ever happened in my life. And it changed so much because like, I think I just, I, I, because not because I was trying to earn his approval, but like out of God's love for me, I started making better decisions. Like Mm. I, I hung out with people who were kind to me. Like, I just didn't know that you could only be friends with people who are nice to you you can. not tons <laughs> of people who are mean to you. And I didn't know that. And like, <laughs> you know, I stopped drinking so much. I stopped looking to guys for affirmation in the same way. Like I stopped looking for love kind of in all of the wrong places and started to find it in the right places. And it really just, I mean, it changed everything. But the thing is that there was sort of a piece of me, um, you know, I mentioned that Insecurity had always been my Achilles heel. And like, mm-hmm. I'd always, I was my wor- calling myself my worst critic is like really being kind about it. Um, and that didn't fall off quite right away. Um, it yeah. took a little while. Like, I think that God kind of worked with me in phases because he's really kind like that. Like, it's like, if you're going into a house, that's a total fixer upper, like you need to kind of go room by room or like step by step or something, like you're not just going to burn the whole thing down. And so, you know, he just Mm -hmm. kind of worked with me on, on different pieces. And so it was another, I would say two years or so before we really got into some identity stuff. And, and that was like a whole other shift in my life.
1: A whole nother process. Yeah. So in in that process, you know, and I'm just thinking like, yes, this is how you like kind of find that confidence is, is just meeting Jesus and locking eyes with Him. Like that's how you find it, right? And I think it's one thing to find it and a, an entirely other thing to keep it.
0: Yeah. Hey friends, I wanted to take a quick break from my conversation with Ainsley to thank today's sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is my sweet friend, Kate Warman. Kate just released her brand new book called Thank You for Rejecting Me, Transform Pain into Purpose and Learn to Fight for Yourself, and I cannot wait to tell you more about it. So while our lives and upbringings may look vastly different, there is at least one thing that we all have experienced, and that's Rejection. Whether it happened in grade school or last week, rejection can leave deep scars that affect our relationships, our self-worth, and our identities for years to come. And while we can't control when rejection appears, we can control how we react when it does. Now enter Kate's book, Thank You for Rejecting Me. In it, Kate shares her personal story openly and vulnerably, and invites you to rewrite your inner monologue. You are not defined by your past rejections, and rejection does not get to have a say in your worth. Kate shows you how to transform your pain into purpose and how to fight for yourself when rejection comes your way. Friends, if you want to see some healing from your past and start taking back your confidence, you need to get your hands on this book. I cannot say enough good things about it. You can pick up your copy of Thank You For Rejecting Me either on Amazon today, or you can visit bakerbookhouse.com and use the code GIRLSNIGHT for 40% off of your copy plus free shipping. Isn't that amazing? I love that Kate gave us that code. So again, you can find the book on Amazon, but you can also go to bakerbookhouse.com and use the code GIRLSNIGHT, and that'll take 40% off your copy of Thank You for Rejecting Me, and it'll give you free shipping. Uh, If you guys need that link, that link will be in our show notes. And just in case you don't know, our show notes are always over at girlsnightpodcast.com. You can always find links for anything we talk about in the show over there. So that's where this link will be, bakerbookhouse.com. And again, the promo code's GIRLSNIGHT for 40% off your copy of Kate's book, plus free shipping. Kate, I love you and I'm so excited about this book. Thank you so much for sponsoring Girls' Night. We just love you. Okay, now, without any further ado, let's jump back into my conversation with Ainsley.
1: So, I mean, and I know whenever I'm telling young women and 20 somethings, uh, you know, the, to get a tool belt uh, of things to keep that confidence. Um, I know your, your books and resources are definitely part of that tool belt, but what, what did he equip you with through all of that, or what, what tools do you use now to keep that? Yeah. Well, so
0: I think that like the second part of, of this journey happened for me. I ended up going on this year-long mission trip where I traveled around the world, and which was just awesome. <laughs> and it was really right at the beginning. I was in another relationship as I was about to leave for this trip. And there was this weird thing that I was noticing about myself in the relationship. And it was that the guy was great and he thought I was great and our relationship was great. But like, no matter what he did and no matter what he said to me and no matter how well he treated me and no matter how much like affirmation he heaped on me, I still never felt totally loved. Like mm. I, I always just felt... I, I I always felt kind of unloved and I felt kind of unlovable, and nothing he could do. And I mean, he was trying so hard to love me well and to like have me fully believe that he cared about me. And, and but like nothing, nothing helped. And so it wasn't until so you know, I left for this trip and you know, we broke up just because I was traveling around the world for a year. It's really hard to keep up <laughs> a, a relationship when you like don't have Wi Fi, yeah. And so so we broke up and I had a year to like look back and think about what had happened. And what I noticed was that I really, while I believed on some level that God loved me, I sort of felt it was like because he had to. Like like oh. your parents, like on some level, and I know that this actually isn't always the case, which is heartbreaking, but like, you know, you your parents like are supposed to love you, you know? Yeah. And I, so I felt like that kind of with God. like, well, he he kind of has to love me, but no part of me really felt like he liked me. And I guess mm. on some level, I was like, I mean, I guess I love me too, but like I didn't really like me. And it wasn't until, you know, as I was on this trip, one of the things we started talking about was like how we view ourselves and the things we believe to be true about ourselves and what God says to be true about us. And so I started doing some work, and I remember this one night I wrote down, a list. I just was like, I want to just, what am I working with here? Like what I feel insecure most of the time. Why, what do I actually, when I look in the mirror, what do I see? What do I believe to be true about me? Mm-hmm. And when I made that list, like the things that I believe to be true about myself were really that I was like fundamentally unlovable and that I was too much and also not enough, which I don't know how both of those things can coexist, but like <laughs> know. it's, It's possible to feel both of those things at the same time. Yeah. I thought I was like annoying. I thought that I was like, I don't know, like rub people the wrong way. I thought that I didn't feel beautiful. Like, I mean, there were just so many things that I these were the, the things that I really believed to be true about myself. And as I'm traveling and as I'm on this trip and, you know, learning more about God and like spending more time, like more and more time in his word. I'm I'm learning the things that that they're like, God actually has an opinion about us. Like Mm -hmm. he actually says some things about us. And as I was looking at this list of things I believe to be true about me and this list of things that God says are true about me, like they really, the lists did not go together. And so I had to make a decision at some point, like, was I going to continue to believe the things that I say, or was I going to believe my, like my maker? Like, God is the one who actually put me together and was I going to believe him about the things that he says about me? Yes. And like, I, I like looking at the list, one of them was really nice and one of them was not so nice. So yeah, <laughs> I really wanted to believe him. And also it's pretty like confident to say like, I'm right. God's wrong. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but also you're so right.
0: Like, like, yeah, like arguing with God, like, no, this is really who I am. He's like, are you kidding? I yeah. I'm God. B, I literally made you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but there, I mean, it really did. It took some time though. Like, you know, after I decided I want to, I want to fully believe that I am who God says I am. Um, that took some yeah. time. And when it comes to tools, like there are a couple specific things that really helped. And one of them was for the first time I came across this idea of, like crafted prayers and declarations. Mm. And crafted prayers are just instead of like praying on the fly every day, like you, I mean, you can do these in tandem. You can, I'm a huge prayer journaler, which is why I write prayer journals. But so <laughs> you, can, you can prayer journal, but also having some words that you like really intentionally write down. And a lot of times it's scripture and reading those every day. Um, and praying those every day. And then declarations, I feel like are just praying those things, but louder (laughs) and like about Mm -hmm. yourself. So, you know, my thoughts were constantly saying things like, you're not good enough. Like that was really stupid. Why did you say that? Like now they probably think that you're the worst. Like, you know, my, my thoughts were saying horrible things about me and I had to start to pay attention to those. And I had to start making those Thoughts accountable and taking those thoughts captive and replacing them with the things that God says to be true about me, and so that's where declarations came in. And I I started to make lists of things that God says to be true about me and like repeating them over myself until that they felt like until they felt as true as they are. And I mean, it was a it was a long process, and at first it felt like I was totally faking it. But God's word is has the ability to do things that we don't understand. Like yeah. it reworks us in ways that just to- like don't make sense to our human understanding, and that's really what it did for me. And I, I mean, today it's crazy because I'm not my worst crit- my own worst critic anymore at all. Like, I definitely have days where I'm like, "Ooh, hello!" Like, I hear that. <laughs> let's take let's let's talk about that for a second. But I I catch myself most of the time when i catch my thoughts about myself or my thoughts towards myself they're really kind and they're really generous and they're really wow. gentle and i feel like you know w- while i probably have you know a, such a far way to go i feel like today i see myself so much more the way that god sees me and like love myself so much like like i'm actually a daughter of god um, and I feel like it was repeat, like learning what he says and just repeating it over myself, saying it over myself until it felt true um,
1: that made just such a huge difference. That is incredible. Like, and I, and I totally get that. You know, some of the things that, one of the things that I coach whenever I do online mentoring is reintroducing yourself to the Lord. Like if you have, you know, unlike your story, you know, some people who have grown up in the church, it's like you have such a cemented version of who God is. And it's not a grace-filled, adoring Father. It's a hard and fast fire and brimstone thing. So a lot of times, you know, I'm like, okay, go into the throne room and reintroduce yourself. Literally stick out your hand like you're talking to someone new and say, hi, my name's whatever. Nice to meet you. And literally every single time that someone has done that, I'm like, so how'd it go? What happened when you were in the throne room? They literally say, I stuck out my hand and he pulled me in and hugged me every single time. My gosh. And I'm like, isn't it crazy how much he is just craving to lavish you with kindness and love and how crazy it is that we do the exact opposite to ourselves when we look in the mirror every day. Yeah, yeah. Like it, you even talking about like writing it down in, the, in those tools and the crafted prayers is so helpful because whenever you finally arrive at the point of being able to talk kindly to yourself for at least most of the time, yeah. <laughs> such an incredible grace can wash over you with yourself and then you're able to give that grace for other people. And that's the kind of friendships that we want. You know, we want those friendships that aren't aren't judging us and they're, you know, gonna listen to us with non-judgmental lenses. And man, I just woo, that was good, girl. That was good. Well one of the, you know, the Pharisees asked
0: Jesus what the two greatest commandments are and he's like, love God with everything you have and love your neighbors. Love your neighbor as yourself. And like mm for the longest time, my neighbor would not want to be loved the way that I love me. Like that is not, no one's asking for that. And I think that, you know, now when I look at, you know, different friendships I've had with people or think back to like, you know, different, like, I don't know, mean girls throughout my life or people who really hurt me throughout my life, I have so much more compassion for them and so much more understanding for where they might've been coming from. Because when your internal, like monologue is when you're just berating yourself in your head and just constantly tearing yourself down or when you've had someone do that to you and so you've kind of picked it up and like carried it on, of course, you're going to pay it forward. Like you don't know how to like, you just to not you just like, yeah, you don't know how to not like, I mean, there's that phrase that hurt people, hurt people. And like, yeah. if you have a critic in your head that is to constantly berating yourself, like it, I don't know how you turn that off in order to be, kind and loving and graceful and gentle genuinely with another person. And I think that that's what happened with Kelsey and Michelle, my best friends who I studied abroad with. I think that they were just like a handful of steps further down this road from me. And like, they felt loved and good enough and comfortable in their skin. And, and it had really good friendships around them to like be safe for them. And so they were able to welcome me into that safety and i was able to heal so much like in that safety and now i get to kind of pass that on and so that's what happens when we when we get our sort of internal world sorted out like with the lord like when we kind of go on that journey with him we are so much better able to love other people out of yeah. that like fullness of being loved ourselves
1: yes i would 1000% agree and that's how you share the confidence that you have found and that you have kept, you know, you've been able to keep, that's how you share it is by literally being proof of the healing and the work that the Lord has done in your life. Yep. And like setting up boundaries, like setting up like a pillow room for someone else who's
0: still kind of working it out. Like, I think that we just, when when we don't know who we are and when we're striving for our worth and when we're looking for our worth in all kinds of places where it's not gonna come from, we we have so much to prove and we 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 have to compete with each other we have to compare we have to be better we have to tear someone else down so that we can feel taller mm-hmm. but when we just know who we are and when we can just rest back like solidly in that we don't have to do any of those things and so girls don't have to be our competition anymore they can just be our best friends and like there's enough room at the table and you know everyone can win and there's you know, we can truly celebrate each other and we don't have to live like under this gross veil of comparison. You know, I mean, just so much of life gets easier. And like, you know, I think at the beginning we were talking about, you know, writing books and doing work like that. And I mean, this work is, is scary. It's hard. And putting yourself out there in any way is scary and it's hard. And it is impossible when you think you are the worst, like, It is impossible to do what God has created you to do, no matter what that looks like, when your internal world is is cruel and mean and ugly. Like there's, it is it's daunting enough to put a book out into the world when you know who you are. Yeah, but like I mean, I couldn't. I don't think I could get up in the morning at this point if I'd been living with that kind of waste in my head for all of these years. Like, let alone talk on a podcast or write a book or something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was talking to a girl um, recently and, sh- and we were talking about, you know, the the shame cycle and she's kind of caught in that shame cycle. And when I was talking to her about going into the throne room and reintroducing yourself, she said, I couldn't get in. You know, like I, I knocked and I couldn't get in. And I just kind of had to, like, what popped in my mind was, of course you can, because that's your dad's house. Yeah, like, we that's, your, that's your house. You belong there. Mm -hmm. You are welcome and worthy and cherished in that space. So anytime that you feel like you can't get in, you bust that door down because the the God on the other side of it is waiting to wrap you up and restore and fill you up so you can then pour out. And I'm just like, oh, no, girl, you can can get in anytime you want because He's waiting for you. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have, you have the master key to that door. That is not
0: never shut to you. I think the other thing that like, I I didn't, I kind of forgot to mention this, but that day in the Sistine Chapel, you know, I said we were like good tourists and, you know, went to the historical sites and things like that. The night before we did like the longest pub crawl of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, there was a, like a beer chugging contest and I got second place, (laughs) all of the other contestants were like huge men who like (laughs) professionally yeah uh second place like we got t-shirts from it and of course the next day we're like super hungover and that's that's the state in which I walked into the Sistine Chapel like we Mm -hmm. all decided for some reason like none of us had judgment that morning I think it was still (laughs) Um, we all decided to wear our pub crawl t-shirts, our matching t-shirts to the Vatican. So, and none of us showered. We all smelled like beer. We'd all been drinking mm-hmm. until like, you know, early that morning. And that's how we went into the Sistine Chapel. And that's the state I was in when I met Jesus. Like I was hungover when I became a Christian. I was wearing a <laughs> pub crawl t-shirt at the Pope's house when I became a Christian. I just, I'm so grateful for that because like, and I feel like God know, like, knew that I needed that. Like today, that Stephanie today needed that memory. Because if yeah. I had like my Sunday best on, and if I was on my best behavior when I met him, and when I w- walked into that throne room, I would think that I always needed to have that. that that's why I was let in. And he yes. was like, no, 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 kid. You are a wreck for a million yes. years. Also, you need a shower. But <laughs> but you're welcome here. You're my daughter. I love you.
1: Yes. So I, I want to just, I want you and your pub crawl t-shirt wearing self to be sitting down at a coffee table. Like I want you and your younger self, less confident self, broken self to be sitting down. And I want to hear what, what you would tell her in that, in that very moment, right before, you know, she locks eyes with Jesus. Well, what, what advice would you give her? Well, I mean, if she's about to lock eyes
0: and I wouldn't do this, But but like, I just would want her to like come over to my house. Like yeah. in my house, I let's get you out of what you're doing right now. Let's get you around some people who are going to be really nice to you. Like, let's, let's get you just a really soft, warm place to be and like mm. some hot chocolate or coffee or something like, let me, I just would want to like wrap my arms around her and give her something really soft and warm to wear and be that like pillow room, that soft place yeah. for her land. Yes. Like she just needed it so bad. Yeah. I think you know this is sort of random and and like not necessarily like you're about to go meet Jesus. Here's some advice, but for that time, like I, I really wish I could go back and tell her that she doesn't have to be friends with people who aren't kind to her. Yeah, and even if it's not their fault, like even if it's because they're going through their own things or they don't know any better, like they've never had safe friends. I spent so much time being surrounded but feeling really lonely. And and I've done that for years, like in college and, and, you know, all kinds of different groups that I was in and in high school and middle school, there was some time where I did that, like elementary school. I feel like I spent so much of my life around people who weren't like actually all that nice to me. And yeah. like you, you know, there's, there are all these like stats and things about how you become kind of a combination of like the five people you spend most time with. There's something like that. It's the people around you really rub off on you. And it just was really hard to believe that I was worth something when I didn't feel really seen or known or safe or loved in my friend groups for, for decades. So I, yes. I really would talk to her about that. But then if I mean if she's about to go into the if she's about to go into the Sistine Chapel, I would like Push her. Like, yeah. Yeah. you to me. Get up. Go. Are you kidding? I <laughs> yeah. yeah. can to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have the most in your life right now. You do not want to. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you cannot be late. Go, go forth. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. I, I, I love everything you've shared. I literally like, I can just imagine someone listening to this in their car, just like tears, just streaming down their face, feeling incredibly seen, known, and hopeful for what's next. And I just know that's going to happen. So I, I'm, I can't wait to hear the story of restoration that comes from the genesis, of, or the genesis of that story that comes from this moment. And I hope whoever you are know that we are praying for you yeah. and that we love you so much. And in return, I would love for our community to, to pray for you, um, Steph. So how can we cover you in prayer in this season?
0: That's so kind.
1: Um, really quick, just
0: for anyone who's listening, like, there is nothing in the world that you could do, like, uh, two things. There's nothing in the world that you could do, nothing, nothing, nothing you could do to make God love you more. You cannot earn this no matter how hard you try. No matter what you do, you cannot earn acceptance in that throne room also mm-hmm. no matter what you do no matter how much you screw up no matter how consistently you screw up even when you think you're not going to anymore and then you do like there is nothing you can do to be locked out of that throne room yeah god loves you forever and he will love you no matter what and if you like go in there and spend some time with him and and open up your heart to him even just a little bit even if it's like a cracked shell that seems like it used to be a heart. Like even if you're you're in a place like that right now, the things that he can do in your life, in your heart, in your soul, and in your your confidence will blow you away. Mm-hmm. You just have to say yes to him. So mm-hmm. um I just wanted to give that reminder. And then in terms of praying for me, gosh, I think so right now I am like a couple months away from giving birth to two baby girls, yes, which is so crazy. And so, I mean, I would love for, I would love some prayer just as, you know, Carl and I are preparing to be parents. Like, I don't know how prepared you can possibly be, but we're trying. And then really the biggest thing is that, you know, the more I've learned about babies and, and pregnancy and, and the growth that happens while they're like growing in you, especially for multiples, they have a tendency to come early. Yes. And when babies come early, I didn't realize like the earlier they come, the longer that they potentially have to like stay in the NICU and the more health problems they potentially have. And so with everything in me, my prayer these days is that these girls would stay in for the whole time they're supposed to <laughs> and that they, they're they supposed to stay in for 37 weeks. They let, them, they let them come a little bit early when they're twins, but they're supposed to stay in for 37 weeks and I'm praying they totally stay in. And that they are just like big and healthy and like nice and beautifully healthy and chunky when they come out. (laughs) And so just, yeah, healthy babies that stay in and grow for as long as they need to. That is my big
1: prayer these days. Yes, in Jesus' name, that is definitely going to happen. And I can't wait to meet them, Mm that little chunky. I just know they're going to be the cutest. Oh, I can't wait. In this upcoming season, I want everybody to obviously keep up with you and get the book and do all the things and follow and hang. So, where can our friends find you on your corner in your corner of the internet?
0: Yeah, um, so I would say a pretty good like train depot, like you'll find all the things here is Instagram, actually. Um, I try to be pretty good about Instagram keeping up with it, and I'm at s May Wilson on Instagram. Um, And then if you click that link in my bio, like everything is there. So the Between Places is there. You can get a copy of the Lipstick Gospel where I tell like more of the story. I just kind of told you, I have a podcast, it's called Girls Night. And I just, my heart is to create like that pillow room on the internet, just like a space for us to work it out and like figure things out with Jesus and be surrounded by friends who love us. And um, so that's kind of what we're up to. And And yeah, I would say Instagram is probably a really great place because it's,
1: just all the links are just right there in that bio for everything. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I'm just so excited for, to share this episode with every single person. Thank oh. you, Steph.
0: Kingsley, thank you for having me. And thank you for the beautiful work that you do. You make my life so much better. And I know that so many women can say the exact same thing.
1: Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I'm so glad I got to share my story with you. One thing I want to mention quickly is that I know we talked about a lot in today's episode. And so if you ever want to find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to our website. It's girlsnightpodcast.com. And for every episode, we'll have a blog post with the show notes. All the links will be there for everything we talk about, including all of Ainsley's info so you can follow her, listen to her podcast, and so y'all can be friends. The other thing I wanted to mention is that if you haven't had a chance yet, it would mean so much to me if you would take just a quick second to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. We've gotten so many amazing five-star reviews from y'all and you've left the sweetest comments. I can't tell you how much it means to me. And also it helps out the podcast more than you can imagine. So if you haven't yet, please take just one second to leave us a rating and a review. Thank you so much. All right, friends, that's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls' Night. And trust me, you're going to love this one. I'll see you then.